Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. Alright, here we go. The most tragic and heartening words that one could ever hear is when the Lord says, I never knew you. With it comes the sentence of being cast into the outer darkness and the gnashing of teeth. This is the second day of the week in God's created order. The second day, well, it's not the second day, it's the 26th day of the second month. 2024th year of our Lord. And let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning. Thank you bringing us to another week. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the blessings. We thank you for the challenges. We thank you for the word that precedes this this week. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that every opportunity that we have, we pray for those and the sound of my voice that and and the call of the Spirit that there'll be divine appointments. People we talk to about the Lord. People talk to us. Something that we have to give and something they can share with us. Wow, another day of service you've given us. Our cup overrun. So, Heavenly Father, open up our hearts to the study of your Word this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you guide the speaker in accuracy and teaching and the those that are hearing and discernment of what's being taught. We pray these things in Christ's name and all of God's people say, Amen. We are in the Olivet Discourse and to the part where we're speaking about the ten virgins. The ten virgins are the Israelites. The, this is the judgment of the Israelites. And the, we're speaking of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the time period is within the tribulation. The, com- the forthcoming of the kingdom is about here. But, it, but before that light, before the the glorious kingdom comes. I think uh, Pastor Adrian Rogers used to call it the glorious darkness. Before that, before the glorious kingdom, there's going to be the glorious darkness. It's going to be darker than dark. And so we're that's that's the period which we're we're approaching is crossing that line into the kingdom. The church is gone. The church has been taken out during this period of time. It's not even thought of. And with the teaching of Jesus, the church is not even mentioned. The church is not in view here. Well, whatever you feel about the tribulation at this point, the teaching and the the point is the the believers living in that period of time, those last seven years. Matthew 25.1 Then the kingdom of heaven is comparable to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. The Lord began His ministry with repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Once again for clarity, the kingdom is not now. The kingdom begins after the tribulation, the great and terrible day of the Lord. It begins with the marriage feast of the Lamb, where where we come, where people come from 
east and west to dine with Abraham, the resurrection, the resurrected Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's that glorious kingdom and the, the wedding feast where the bridegroom and the bride, the church being being the bride being the bride and the Lord Jesus Christ that we're coming together in that glorious time. In Matthew 6.33, it is the Lord who says, Repent, because this was the message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven as at hand. And that was the message beginning. It began with John the Baptist. It continued on with Jesus. It, beginning with His ministry, Repent for the kingdom of heaven as at hand. He sent out the eleven disciples. At that point, they must have become a Apostles being sent out, still disciples, but fulfilling the apostle role to go out, to take the message out to cities. Uh, at that point, it was just to those of Israel. They were to avoid the, the Samaritans and Gentile cities, but they were only to go to the lost sheep of Israel with their report that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Luke, he sends out the seventy. But in Matthew chapter 13, things seem to move away from that, how, how would you say, no more public offer, no more offering. It seems to have been put on a back burner, in a sense, with the rejection of the message, actually, or the not so much of the message, but with the, with the Messiah Himself. Matthew 13, 11, Jesus answered Him, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been granted. This is why Jesus is speaking in parables. This, uh, coming up, He's building up the expectation. This is the Passion Week. Jesus is headed to uh, in the time, uh, time that He's presenting this. This is the Passion Week. He's headed to the cross. It's coming up real soon. So He's building up their expectation, getting their eyes and their hearts set upon the kingdom to come. And that even with us, we, we're living in the church age and our expectation is to be taken out of, of this world to meet the Lord in the air. But nonetheless, we should still, there should be the kingdom within our hearts still. We're still praying because it's still part of our prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it will be in heaven. Because though we are dealing with the the Israelite perspective, it's still our perspective as well. We're coming back to rule with Christ in this kingdom. And that's an exciting thing, folks. That's exciting. Can I get an amen out there? So the glorious kingdom is not now. If this is the kingdom which people preach, it's we, as Tommy I says, we, we must be living in the slums. But no, we're not living in the kingdom now. I believe it is on the horizon. But before it comes, this world is subject to that bitter and glorious darkness. So if the gospel, as Paul puts it, and when, when I say glorious darkness, I mean we, with it as tragic and as, as heart, disheartening as it is, We can expect on the other side of this darkness, on the other side of this veil, is that tremendous glory of the coming of that kingdom. 
So if the gospel, as Paul puts it, is to the Jew first and to the Gentile, so will the judgment be. First the judgment is going to be to the Jews. And then the judgment will be to the Gentiles. The judgment we see here for the Jews is the parable of the ten virgins. Later on, we're going to see the judgment of the Gentiles coming up in Matthew 25, 31-46. And that judgment is for the, the Gentiles. That's going to be the, the goat and sheep judgment also to t- be taking place before the in the great and terrible day of the Lord. In the Jewish custom, we spoke of the wedding, the wedding feast. The wedding, the, the, the engagement took place for over for the year. And when the fathers get together, they, they, they made their agreements, they signed a contract. The bride and group may have never even met. They, the first time, customary, the first, the, the father of the groom chooses a bride for his and a loving father would make sure that he would just pick out the right kind of bride for his his son and the son customary that the son would never lay eye remember that Isaac never laid eyes on Rebecca until he saw her the first time and made and it was that point that the marriage took place and so the bride, the the bride and groom, the bride is in expectation. She has got a year. Normal. I don't know why a year keeps coming up, but it seems to be that that engagement period would be for a year. And then when that year is closer, when the year is coming close, she's in great expectation. Of the coming of her, she, he could come at any time, so she had to be ready, and so had, and her friends, her her bridesmaids, uh, we they're known as virgins here, they're maidens, but they're friends. They had to be ready. They had to have lamps. They had to have oil for their lamps. They had to be ready because they did not know when he was coming. The bride didn't know. He didn't know. So they had to be ready. So when he came in, it could be any hour of the day. Night or day. And so at night, they, at night here they are going to be sleeping. And all of a sudden they're going to hear that triumphal procession coming down the road. There's going to be noise. There's going to be howling. There's, you know, Becky, it kind of reminds me of the restaurant. You know, you sit there and you're you're having... You're having a dinner, and all of a sudden, here come. We just had celebration, Wiley's, uh, uh, my grandson's birthday, and next thing you know, you hear the clapping and carrying on, and the the within the restaurant, the the restaurant staff comes up. Somebody's celebrating a birthday that night. I think the night that we went out to celebrate with my grandson at the restaurant, there was like three birthdays, and you hear them coming out clapping and carrying on and you, if you've gone to a restaurant you know what I'm talking about and I used to aggravate me but hey the people love their love the ones they're celebrating so I'm okay with that I'm cheering for them as well so they come out clapping they're singing their little happy birthday song and all that well this is 
in in a sense, there's going to be a commotion. The procession is coming down. Here is the here is the bridegroom coming for his bride, and this is a great celebration. And they had to be ready for this. So the bridesmaid, the two two categories of bridesmaids here, two categories of virgins. Matthew 25, verse 2. Five of them were foolish, and five were prudent. I love the word for fools. I love the word, the Greek word for fools in the Bible, in the Greek. And it's moros. It's where we get our word morons. Pertaining to be extremely unwise, foolish, unwise, foolish, fool. What does make one, let's just say it. What makes one a moron? When they hear, when they all the evidence is before them, when when a great when a great activity or or just just say the dismissal of God's word, the dismissal of God, the dismissal of God's word, to go about this world to to act as as you're wise but you're not, you're a moron. So there were five of these virgins who were morons. They were foolish. They weren't ready. They weren't prudent. I could, I could imagine that there would be reminders from their mothers, from their fathers, from their friends. Hey, you better be ready. Do you got enough? Do you got enough oil? Do you got enough oil for your lamps? There, you're gonna have to make sure that you got some extra oil because you got to go all the way back to. You, if he comes at night. He's, you're going to have to go all the way back in that celebration, all the way back to to his house, to the bridegroom's house. So you you better be ready for this. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I, I I got these other things going on, and and once I take care of this, I will take care of it. They kept procrastinating. They kept putting things off until the very night that he does come. And then you have five proof and. Frodnimos, Mimos, Frodnimos, and it's pertaining to understanding, resulting from the insight and wisdom. That's where we we take in the Word of God. Uh, they're wise, they're wisely with understanding, with insight. Where do we get our insight from the Word of God? As those who were in expectation of the coming of the Lord, same thing in our age. It is the Word of God that builds up the anticipation within our hearts. I'm not going to try to talk people into coming to church. I'm not going to try to talk people into praying and to do and getting into their Bibles, doing all this. They're going. To, it is they who are going to have to get into the Word of God. And as you start. The hardest thing is to start anything. Really, well, it's it's pretty easy to start something, but it's pretty hard to keep things going. Your spiritual life starts out pretty slow as you're developing your spiritual priorities. It takes a little bit of time to develop the habit, and then once you start getting into the Word of God and learning and growing in it. You get with your prayer life. You're drawing near to the Lord. You're being connected as a vine to the branch. Branch to the vine. 
I'm sorry, branch of the vine. And you're beginning to grow and you're beginning to take on some momentum. It, it all begins with the Word of God under the filling ministry of God the Holy Spirit. Hearing God speak to you and you speak to Him. And all of a sudden there is the acceleration of your spiritual growth. You're getting excited about these things. And your expectation, hope, hope is confident expectation. That begins to build. You're looking up and you're getting excited. Here in the church age, we're excited to leave this earth and meet our Lord in the air. In this time coming up, they're seeing because they're prudent and they're looking at the Word of God and they're learning the Word of God. They know with expect, confident expectation that the Lord is coming. They these people expect it. The believers expect it early on. Back in Thess- back in First Thessalonians, Paul's addressing the believers who were anxious. They were looking. They were watching for the Lord to come. They're afraid they might have been left behind. They were worried about their loved ones because the rapture hadn't happened yet. That's what they were looking forward to. Not the second coming, but being out of here. But these in the tribulation will be looking. They're seeing the signs. They're seeing the seasons. And they know they're properly interpreted. And that's what the Bible does. It gives us the ability to interpret it. To see the signs of the time and be ready to get out of here. So the fools were the ones who disregarded signs. They didn't know. It is the fool who squanders one's life and the precious time pursuing the things of this temporal life and disregards the things of God, namely His Word. So whether we are, and this applies whether we're speaking with the believers of the church age or the believers of the tribulational age. Matthew 25.3 For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. They were unprepared. So we can work out at this time what the oil and what the lamps are, that the oil is the Holy Spirit and the light is the the illumination. And we might, might come up with a pretty good sermon on that. I'm not going to go into that. You make your own analogies and symbols there. But I will say this, but without light, they have no fellowship. They're in the dark. That's one thing. He's coming. Here is the, here is the bridegroom. He's coming. And they have light there. Going back to 1 John 1 5. That if we, have, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus continues to. Purify us, Katharizo, from all sin. But these five foolish ones had no light. And no light, they were working in darkness. That's as far as I will go with that. So the, they had the provision. They had the, in time, in the, in the window of time, they had the opportunity to go to the supplier and to gain all the oil that they needed. The prudent ones did that. And that's what we do in time. The Lord, the supplier had plenty. He could give as much as they wanted. And our supplier is the Lord Jesus Christ. And He supplies liberally. Can we say that? Liberally? I think that's the word. 
generously. Okay, I'll say that word a little bit better. Generously, He gives us all we want. And so within the window of time, all had just enough of the commodity of time to invest and to receive what would be needed. And then they wouldn't have too much. They wouldn't have too less. They wouldn't have more than what they could share because they would worry about the running out. But they had enough to make it back to the bridegroom's house. And we each have to make that decision. What are we going to do with the time that's allotted to you today and tomorrow and the next day? Are you going to squander it? We're getting older, aren't we, Tim? We're we're, we're, And our days are going pretty quick. And we see... And everyone that's grown old will tell you the same thing. You kids... You think you got forever. Destin, you think you've got forever. Uh, but as you get older, you will see the time speeding up. I think God speeds up the clock in our hearts as a matter of grace as to remind us that we don't have much time to squander on this earth. And so we need to have our priorities Let's just say you have priority straight. Matthew 13.10 And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak in parables? Why do I have that one up there? I know. Speak. Uh, okay, I'm going to read it anyway. Disciples came to him and said to him, Why do you speak in parables? And Jesus said, to you it has been granted and to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not. For whoever has, yeah, this is why I put it up there. To whoever has, to him more shall be given. And he will have an abundance of whatever, and whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. Remember what Jesus said earlier in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Seek, knock, and ask. Ask and it will be given to you. I've often asked myself, why are there people in positive volition? I don't consider myself all that special. But I have a longing to know my God. To draw near to my Lord. I said, I'm nothing special. And I've often asked, there's people who are smarter than I am. They have better assets than I do. Maybe less, maybe more. But why do some have a, a positive attitude, some with a negative attitude. Why are some preparing and some... Why are there wise and why are there those that are unwise? The morons. Well, simple. There are those that are seeking, knocking and asking, and there's those that are not seeking, knocking and answering. I just happen to be one 
my wife happens to be one. My friends and those I'm talking to are asking and knocking. And there you have it. Let's go back to our passage here. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep hearing, but will not understand. You will keep seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of the people has become dull. With the ears, they scarcely hear. Does that kind of sound like the time in which we live? And they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and return, and I would heal them. But blessed are the eye, blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And folks, I'm thankful every day. I hope you are. I'm sure you are. Anybody that has their has a footing in the Word of God who who's progressing in, in their spiritual life no we're like Paul we're saying no I haven't reached it yet but I keep pressing forward to to it we recognize that we have a spiritual life we screw up we have our shortcomings don't we bet mm-hmm. we have our shortcomings we stumble we repent and we move on and Nonetheless, we recognize, and I thank God, I, I'm elated to know these things, to grow in these things, to continue to strive in these things. And I know that regardless of what this world turns out to be, you see, my, my heart is a stuck on the next election. It goes beyond that. And you could talk, and Mom, you, you recognize this, you see, you'll try to talk to people about the Word of God and they'll look at you like a cow looking at a new fence. They'll, well, okay. And yeah, you know, this is what I'm learning in the Bible. And they'll, they'll say, they'll turn around and watch them. Guys, watch them. You'll, they'll quickly change the subject. Yeah, how about that ball game the other day? Oh, that was great, wasn't it? You're, you're trying to bring in something so great about the Word of God, but people are kind of changing the subject on you. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful to know and thankful to be growing in this Word. Matthew 5, 25-6. I was trying to get through this one, but I guess I went through enough rabbit trails this morning. Now, while the bridegroom is delayed, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, there was a shout. Behold, the bridegroom Come out and meet him. Then the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the prudent, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answered, No, there will not be enough for us and you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy some for yourself. What's the problem? It's night. The dealers aren't open. The marketplace is closed. There's no place that they can buy this. So that's, it's going to take some time. This is not going to be a quick purchase and go. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast. And the door was shut. 
I started out this morning. Okay, let's just talk about time for a minute. Time is a commodity. And time, a commodity is something that you have some of it, some of it, you'll have a portion of it, or whatever you have, it's running out. It's like money. It's like water coming out of a faucet. Time is expendable. The question is how you are going to invest your time. Apparently these morons invested their time with things of this world that's limited and not worth nothing. So time gives you opportunity to, to invest. And closing this door, it, it takes us back to Noah as well. The, there was a time that that door remained open. Judgment was coming. As long as that door stayed open, anyone could make a positive decision and say, I want to go through that door. You see, when that door closes, God, and going back to Noah, who closed the door? It wasn't Noah. God closed the door. He closed the door on the opportunity. When that door closed, there's only two, two categories of people in the world. Those in the ark, those outside the ark. Those who are within salvation and those who were damned. Those who were condemned. They were outside in a place of darkness and nasty. They had seven days, but hell was coming to them. The when that door shuts, you see, someone say, Well that's that's pretty terrible that they can that the Lord would shut anybody out. The that that how can a loving God do that? Well, you see, it's pretty simple. Yes, He is a loving God. And He demonstrated that love by opening up that door, by becoming the door, by dying on the cross for our sins, by being our substitute. He took our place upon that cross that we might profess Him, that we might trust in Him for our eternal life. That's the door. You see, freedom comes with responsibility. And rather than pointing a finger at God and accusing God at being unjust, you see, though God is loving, He's also a just God. And God cannot violate His perfect justice when, or His veracity when He said to Adam and his wife that in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. We spoke some of that yesterday about spiritual death. And we, are in, we enter into this world having a problem, our disassociation with God. But He has a door open. Man took a door outside of that relationship. And being born outside as a progeny of Adam, a door is open that we can come right back into a relationship with the Lord. That's on you. But when that time... Go, and as a point, remember this, that God cannot perpetually allow the allow sin to continue without Himself condoning it. And God is a just God. And man makes His decision 
Sin incurs a debt that has to be paid. And when that door closes, it's time to pay up. So the bridegroom will come in a procession with his friends and family, making all kinds of rackets, singing, marrying. For the bridegroom is coming to receive his bride in the hour that she does not know. And the bride is ready. And the bridesmaids were to be quickly light their lamps and they were follow, and follow the bride lighting the way. But the, the, the ones without lamp, what were they to do? We've got so much more to teach on this and I am out of time. I really wanted to get more into this. I was trying to rush through this, but Lord will and Spirit of God, we've got tomorrow. We'll pick that up tomorrow. So we'll wait for that. Let's close out prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning to fellowship in your word. I pray for those, uh, what, for all of us, what are we doing with the time? Let us ask ourselves this morning, what are we doing with time? What are we, do, what are we going to do with this day that God has given us? Is it same old, same old? Are we just paying attention to the news and the current events of the day? Are we going about with our goals and our plans and our purposes related only to this limited life? Or are we investing our time in our relationship with the Lord? I pray, Father, that this message this morning will open our eyes that time is running out. And we only got so much of it. And when it, once it's done, it's done. The reality is that all of us are going to stand face to face, person to person with the Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, what will we have to show for our life that He died for us? For those that have never made that decision to trust in the Lord, they do not have a life. They do not have eternal life. They're destined to stand before the great white throne. Not, God, not before Jesus as their Savior, but Jesus as their judge. Let not, not be, Heavenly Father. Let those that are in the sound of my voice, if they hear the gospel this morning or in a recording at some time, let them know that Jesus Christ died for them. Open up the eyes of their heart. And that wherever they are, they can be trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is eternal life for them. Thank you, Father, for your provision. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Alright, it's another fine day in the Lord. Remember, tomorrow night is the great Upstate Bible Challenge. Matthew chapter 6-10. through 10. Be brushing up on that. And until then, well, until tomorrow morning, stay motivated, Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting good fight of faith. Lord, will and spirit, God, wrapped up in it. We'll see you. Joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.